3: Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Up next, Rob Smith is Problematic, part of the Gamers 360 Network.
2: I can't believe I have to say this, but after the events of last weekend, it seems like some conservative influencers need to get this message. Porn in the porn industry is not conservative. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. <laughs> So as you all know, if you're following me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know that I do some work with an organization called Turning Point USA. I'm a contributor there. And what that means is there's a a few things that we're launching here in the next couple months. But they do these conferences all across the country for young people. These are for high school kids, college age kids, some even younger than that sometimes. So we do these events all across the country. They have the Young Women's Leadership Summit. I believe they have a Black Leadership Summit coming up. This last weekend in Tampa, Florida, we had the Student Action Summit. And at the Student Action Summit, there was some controversy around the porn industry Because a conservative, this woman calls herself a conservative porn star named Brandy Love. She decided to come to this event, bought herself a a VIP ticket, bought herself the, the VIP lanyard, all that stuff. And basically was taking pictures all around the conference with her ticket that said her her poor name, Brandy Love. Her real name is something else. So this Brandy Love, this is a stage name. So this is her stage name. And so she was basically posting a lot of stuff on social media. She was posting with people at the conference that had recognized her And you have to understand that she ended up getting kicked out of this conference, right? Turning Point USA revoked her credentials that that she bought herself. And basically, and I'm going to read you what the Turning Point USA spokesperson said about this. And I have to mind you that I am not speaking... In any official capacity with Turning Point USA. I'm just somebody that works for there. I'm not speaking of their spokesperson at all. So this is what they told Newsweek. The decision to remove Brandy Love from their event, this is what they told Newsweek, was, quote, in keeping with its standard operating procedures to not involve porn brands, influencers, or personalities that post or publish sexually explicit and pornographic content, right? So this is why this woman got... Kicked out of the conference, and they said, um, "Turning Point USA." The bottom line is that it is simply not appropriate for a porn star to be actively posting images at an event with fifteen and sixteen year olds present in conjunction with graphic pornography. Now, there is nothing outside of of the realm of just normalcy about this statement. This is absolutely true. And let me tell you something, as somebody who does these conferences multiple times a year, I was just at the Turning Point Conference as one of their contributors. I spoke on the main stage. I did a book signing, all of that stuff. Like, I was taking photos with, like, little kids, okay? So there was this, I remember she was as cute as a button, this little 11-year-old girl. I think she's got an Instagram account or something like that. And so she's there, and her mom is there, and I'm taking pictures and all that stuff. And you've got to understand, this is a more or less family-friendly event. Okay, so you've got conservative media personalities and conservative influencers taking the stage and also politicians and things like that. We're talking about fighting the culture war, we're talking about fighting against the left, we're talking about loving America, like all of this other stuff. So, no, it is not appropriate for a porn star to be there. Certainly not a porn star that is basically trying to, um, you know, use the event to try to get a publicity stunt. And so Brandy Love got the attention that she ordered. Um, she got this big profile Uh, On the Daily Beast, MAGA's biggest porn star, Brandi Love, got kicked out of a conservative conference, and she's pissed. Blah, blah, blah. This is what she says. Okay. It was extremely hurtful and disappointing for five minutes, and then I was pissed off. It's an egregious example of cancel culture. I literally had just sat through four to five speakers, including Charlie Kirk himself, rail against big tech and the left for their sold-on free speech. I cheered them on, and then they banned me. It's hard to make that up. And so... Like I said, this is nothing but a publicity stunt. This is somebody that wanted some attention and she ordered she she got the attention that she ordered, okay? And what I hate about this is number 1, you know, this is a publicity stunt. Number 2, the thing that irritates me the most is that you have people, you know, in the conservative movement, conservative influencers whatever, um Ben Dominic from the Federalist because Brandi Love apparently writes from the, the Federalist on her Twitter bio. It says, you know, uh, America's favorite conservative porn star or something like that. Um, and so Ben Dominic is like, come on, stop being such a bunch of prudes, Turning Point USA. She should be allowed to be there. Um, you know, and then Megan McCain, of course, is his wife. You know, she says something to the effect of, yeah, you know, a porn, a porn star should be allowed to be there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and so the issue that I have with this. And I'm not coming from this from a moral majority standpoint at all. Look, people are going to do what they want to do. First of all, I think that the porn industry is extremely destructive. I think that porn itself is just something that is very destructive for a lot of different reasons. First of all, the proliferation of hardcore internet porn on phones, you know, high-speed internet porn, all of that stuff. So it's on everybody's phones. There are people that are totally addicted to porn. And the addiction to porn... Is starting with a lot of these young boys, these are young men. It is starting with them very young. I think I read a statistic somewhere that they said the average age that a young boy watches porn is about eight or nine years old. And so this is serious, right? Because you've got the proliferation of high-speed internets, these phones in your pockets, all that other stuff. And, and these young kids and even early teenagers are having access to this high-speed porn at a level that we have never seen before in American history and society, right? And it is doing them a lot of damage. Now, this is anecdotal evidence, but if this is something you're interested in, I encourage you to read a book. It is called Your Brain on Porn. I read this book, I think, maybe five years ago. I got it on Amazon. It's written by a PhD. It is phenomenal. Um, And it goes all into the fact that a lot of these young men who learn about sex via porn or into some like very extreme like very violent stuff they have um ed issues erectile dysfunction issues that that start when these guys are teenagers so they're not able to actively enjoy sex as a, as a late teenager or early 20-something um, because they're having problems getting aroused because they are used to watching and basically masturbating to porn multiple times a day, multiple times a week. And so when they actually get a partner, they're not able to perform. So that stuff is going on. Second of all, porn is teaching these young men and these young women just basically extreme sexuality at a very early age age so these boys that have been watching porn since eight nine ten years old now all of a sudden they're 15 16 years old and they're you know they're experimenting sexually whatever they're with girls and they can't perform or they think that their sex in real life is supposed to be what this hardcore pornography is like and i know the craziest thing to me if listening to myself speak of this stuff and I and I sound like Tipper Gore or I sound like one of these moral majority people in the in the 80s or whatever. Right. But the conversation that I'm having that I'm trying to have, this is not about morality. So I am taking the morality completely out of this when it comes to the porn industry. Like I said, we've got a generation of young men that are dealing with erectile dysfunction. The porn industry is a hub for sex trafficking, uh, and more specifically, child sex trafficking. If you do research into Pornhub and and everything like that, they got sued because there were women that had their sexual assaults posted on Pornhub. And that company was actively making money off of the video of these young women's sexual assaults. Look it up. Um, this was something that was a huge thing a couple of months ago, and Pornhub had to wipe off. Um, I-, I think something like it was like forty to sixty percent of its content. There are, um, you know, under uh, underage people. Like there's that pornography. Like that stuff is all over the internet. So. When I say that this is a destructive industry, and when I say that there is no good that comes out of this stuff, it is not from a moral majority standpoint. I am not clutching my pearls and saying, oh my God, will somebody think of the children? I am talking about something that is actively destroying people, okay? And now back to Brandy Love and her publicity stunt. You know, a grown adult woman can do whatever she wants to do with her body. I do not care. But if you're trying to make yourself some sort of big tech or or anti-whatever warrior because you got kicked out of an event that is literally geared towards teenagers because you went under your porn name and were taking photos with young kids and actively putting that stuff on your Twitter account where the pinned tweet was hardcore, was you in hardcore porn, there is a problem with that. And even thinking about it right now, like it really does, it, it, it really does make me angry. Like that is a problem. Okay. And again, this is not me speaking in any official capacity with Turning Point USA is anything other than just somebody that does some work with them, some media work and some contributing with them. But to go as a porn star to an, a conference that is specifically geared to teenagers is there's something fundamentally wrong with you. And there's something fundamentally wrong with that. It's not cute. It's not funny, Brandy Love. It's not cute. It's not funny. You're not some sort of victim of cancel culture. And for the conservative influencers and the conservative people, and she's like, oh, all of these people said this is okay and that is okay and whatever. And look... I'm not somebody that's trying to be this conservative gatekeeper because I hate it when people are like, oh, you know, Rob Smith, you know, you're gay. You can't say what is or is a conservative. Fine. I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper. But what I'm trying to say is that actively embracing that industry and actively embracing because when you embrace the porn industry, you're embracing sex trafficking. You're embracing industries that exploit women, exploit their bodies. You're embracing an industry that is leading to a lot of mental disturbance among young men. So this is what you're embracing when you embrace the porn industry. And so Brandy Love, you're not a victim of cancel culture. Turning Point USA did not cancel you. Turning Point USA did what they had to do to protect their conference, and to protect the families that were there, to protect the underage kids that were there. And this isn't about, you know, what is or isn't conservative. This is about what is or isn't right. And for her to make a joke out of this and to go to a conference and just like literally just take pictures with with like teenage boys, or whatever, like it's cute. My message for you, Brandy Love, is no. It is not cute. You do whatever you want to do on your Twitter account. You can have sex with however many people that you do on camera. If you decide to be in that industry, like you're a grown adult, you can do whatever you want to do. But keep that stuff away from the young people that are being destroyed by your industry just because it's making you money. Up next, the Biden Town Hall was as cringeworthy as you would expect, but one interaction between Biden and a small business owner tells you exactly what the left thinks about these businesses. I'm going to break this down for you after the break.
3: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of IC terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land. You know what they say.
2: Few days back it was basically uh boring it was you state-run media this is what cnn does right now they cover for joe biden they cover for this administration don lemon at some point i think he used to be a journalist before he just became um a democrat operative uh he is just like that i i can't even get into that but look it was a disaster there was a photo that went viral on the internet that showed basically half the room was empty you know they packed everybody into the front. And most of the seats towards the back, it was empty. This was not a packed show because people are not interested in Joe Biden. He is old. He is cringeworthy. This is somebody that has been taking a government salary and enriching himself on the backs of taxpayers for decades at this point. I think at this point longer than I have personally been alive. And there was a an interaction with him and a business owner, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But I want you to listen to – this is him talking to Don Lemon, and this is Don Lemon, you know, obviously cleaning his stuff up, cleaning Biden's stuff up. But this is Don Lemon and Joe Biden basically talking about whether or not the trillions of dollars that they are printing out um, are incentivizing people, and particularly people in lower-wage industries like, like restaurant work, like retail work um, – is this stimulus package, or these multiple stimulus packages, are they incentivizing people to not work? Listen to this exchange with Biden and Don Lemon.
0: Everywhere I go, there's a, a pretty much a shop in my town, a restaurant or whatever, where there isn't a, a for hire sign. We were trying to check into the hotel. They couldn't get the rooms cleaned fast enough because they can't find staff. You mentioned something. You said we're going to end the things that may be keeping people back. Do you, are, do you think well, that's the unemployment benefits? Well, that expanded? was argued it was. I, I, I don't think it did much. But the point is, it's argued that because the extended unemployment benefits kept people, they'd rather stay home and not work than go to work. And you don't think it, it did that? I, I see no evidence it had any serious impact on it. But you can argue it. Let's assume it did. It's coming to an end. So it's not like we're in a situation where if, 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 if that was it and it ends, then we're going to see John's going to have no problem, but what I think is happening, folks, is look: if you make less than fifty, and I'm not saying John, your folks make less than fifteen you have good restaurants and means the tips are good, people make a lot more than just what the what what the minimum wage what what the wage is being paid. Uh, um, if you put tips on top of it, but folks, look: here's the deal. Think about it. You know, if you have an op- we, for example, I I want to be able to. One of my programs is to make sure that we have former years of school that's free. Two years for three-year-olds and four-year-olds because it's demonstrated that that increases significantly success and community college. Yeah. Well, those folks are not likely to want to go and be
2: waiters. You know, this is a joke. First of all, it is it is very obvious. Even like Don Lemon, he also, he had to stop himself because he was getting a little bit too, he almost asked Joe Biden a real question. And, you know, he kind of, kind of had to stop himself a little bit there because... He knows this is state-run media at this point. But it's obviously, it's very obvious that people being paid more to stay home than they would if they were actually getting out to work. It's very obvious that that is keeping people home. Everybody sees it. I live in Florida, okay? And even I see this. They are literally begging people to come to work. And this came on the heels of an exchange. I'm going to play that exchange for you in a little bit, but I want you to understand just how they pivot from lying about whether or not people are being paid to stay home, they are obviously being paid to stay home, but also saying that, well, you know, um, these restaurant people are only making $8 to $9 an hour. That's why there has to be a $15 minimum wage. And then saying, well, you know, if we have universal pre-K and we have all of these different things in free community college and all of this other stuff that the left is trying to push, well, then we won't have people that want to be waiters and waitresses and all that stuff. First of all, like that's an extremely elitist argument. Second of all, for all of this idea in this spin that Joe Biden is somehow moderate—these um, are not moderate proposals. This is basically pushing socialism. He's basically saying that you know if we have all of these um, all of these you know societal things that are put in place that are by the way paid for by taxpayers, people that actually go out and produce, then we won't have people that want to do you know lower wage jobs like waiting tables and all that stuff. And that is a ridiculous argument. First of all, look. I do not look down on people that weigh tables. I've waited tables. I have done everything under the book. Everything in the book. I have fried chicken at KFC. Um, My first job was at Auntie Anne's Pretzels. I washed dishes at Red Lobster, and yes, I waited tables. I waited tables for years, Um, and I bartended and cater waited and and did all that stuff. And and let me break this stuff down because Joe Biden does not understand this because that man has not done anything that's non-government in his life. First of all, people that wait tables make a lot of money. Okay, they don't. It's not just that they're making eight or nine dollars an hour or even fifteen dollars an hour. These people are tipped employees. When I I was 20 years old working in Ohio. I waited tables at an amusement park called Cedar Point. I was 20 years old. I was making like $1,300 a week as 20 years old. Like that was just crazy money to me. But I was like working, you know, I was working full time. I was making $1,300 a week. I didn't have a lot of expenses. And so, That industry and jobs like that are for people that are trying to get somewhere. Obviously, this is something that I did when I was um, on summer break from college, and I used that money to pay my bills in college and everything like that. So the idea that these jobs are supposed to be set up for people to make a wage that they are just going to want to make for the rest of their lives, like it's a joke. Um, It's a lie, and this is the lie that they are pushing to these people. So I want to play you... This is, this tour. I believe this guy is from Ohio, he's basically asking Joe Biden and calling him on the carpet, he's basically saying, look, um, my top priority here is hiring and I am not able to hire. <laughs> do you think that all of this money people are being paid to stay home has anything to do with this? Listen to this exchange. We employ hundreds of
1: hardworking team members throughout the state of Ohio and across the country and we're looking to hire more every day as we try to restart our restaurant business. The entire industry, amongst other industries, continue to struggle to find employees. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize
0: those that haven't returned to work yet? Hiring is our top priority right now. Well, two things. One, if you notice, we kept you open. We (laughs) spent billions of dollars to make sure restaurants could stay open. And and, uh, a lot of people, who now, who worked as waiters and waitresses, uh, decided that they don't want to do that anymore because there's other opportunities at higher wages, because there's a lot of openings now in jobs and people are beginning to move, beginning to move. There's some evidence that maintaining the ability to continue to not have your, have to pay your rent so you don't get thrown out and being able to provide for unemployment insurance has kept people from going back to work. There's no not much distinction between not going back to work in a restaurant and not going back to work at a at a factory. Uh, so people are looking to change opportunities, change what they're doing. My uh, my deceased wife's father-in-law was a restaurateur up in uh, up in Syracuse, New York. And uh, by the way, he tried to convince he had a he had a a restaurant that was in a town called Auburn, about 20. Thousand people, which was at a flagship twenty-four-hour, uh, a day restaurant, that, uh, and he offered it to me, which I would have been making five times that I would in law school to try to keep me in Syracuse, but I spent too many times at home hearing a fo- in his home hearing a phone call, the cook didn't come in, he's in fight with his wife, what's what's going on? So exactly. I would, I God love you doing what you do, but all kidding aside, I think it really is a matter of people
2: deciding now that they have opportunities to do other things. Okay, so this is completely ridiculous. First of all, just think about the the sneering elitism that comes with the, the answer to that question, well, we kept you open. And so the subtext to that is that, you know, you're lucky that we kept you open because we could have shut you down and I could have, you know, destroyed you even more than I already did. So that to me is completely insane. And obviously... You know, the idea that there are people that used to be waiters and waitresses and now, you know, they just, you know, they're using this opportunity to just go do other things right now and they're going to just going to go, you know, explore their lives with all of this amazing unemployment money that they're getting. Um that's a joke. There are probably a small percentage of the people that have been sitting out there on unemployment. And at this point, this unemployment, extended unemployment, has been going on literally March, April, May, July. This has been going on for 16 months at this point, okay? And maybe there are a couple of people sitting out there that have been getting – and at some of these places, this extended unemployment, you can get about three, $4,000 a month. I know in New York specifically you can get about $4,000 a month. Maybe there's this percentage of these people that is actually – sitting on that money and saving it well and using it and saying, okay, well, maybe I don't want to go back to waiting tables after this. Like maybe I don't want to go back to that career after this. Maybe I want to go back to doing something else. Okay, granted, maybe. But we all know, and this is real talk, the vast majority of people that are not going back to work right now because they have been sitting on unemployment are not going back to work because they are getting this money. And that is just the bottom line. And it is hurting that industry. There are so many things that are being degraded right now. You go to the grocery store, there are less people around. You go to restaurants, the service takes forever. And I have seen this with my own two eyes. And it's this sort of smug and sneering elitism that this is what Biden thinks about the people that are working. Oh, you know, they're, we're just paying them to stay home and they're just going to go get out, get some new jobs. And the reason they're going to get some new jobs is because you don't pay them enough money because you need to be paying $15 an hour. This is the mindset of somebody that has never created a job in his life. This man has never signed a paycheck. This man has never had to make payroll. This man has done nothing for his entire career, but be a government employee. But take taxpayer dollars and use government and power and influence to enrich himself. It's pathetic, is what it is. It is pathetic. I am so tired of career politicians. I am so tired of people like Joe Biden, who has done absolutely nothing in his life. And look, getting elected to office and sitting in Congress and then Senate and then whatever, I have less and less respect for these politicians. Because it's all a joke. And to get a sense of exactly how far removed he is from reality, you can just listen to that exchange that he had with this small business owner that actually knows what it is to create jobs, that actually knows what it is to try to make payroll, that actually knows what it is to run a business. We kept you open, Biden says. It is a joke. And this is who Joe Biden is. This is his economic plan for America. It is absolutely nothing. It is pay people to stay home, usher in socialism. And you see the effects of this. You see inflation. You see rising gas prices. This administration is a disaster. Much like his town hall. And this is only going to get worse because you have to understand this is how he thinks about the working class. This is how he thinks about working people. And this is what he thinks about small business owners. And speaking of jokes, Caitlyn Jenner is a joke. I'm sorry I ever thought she was serious. And I am sorry I ever supported her. And I'm going to tell you why after the break. When Caitlyn Jenner decided to run for governor a, a few months back, I was initially very excited about this. I thought that it was fantastic. I thought, here is probably the most famous transgender person in the world. This is somebody who's been a staunch Republican and conservative for a very long time. This is going to be interesting. Interesting. And this is somebody that is going to run a campaign for California governor that is based on the fact that California is basically being destroyed before our very eyes. There is, you know, if you go on my social media, go to my Facebook specifically. If you guys do not follow me on Facebook, follow me on Facebook at Rob Smith Online. I just posted a video there. There is this new proposition in California, which basically makes it – Perfectly fine for people to shoplift up to $950 worth of merchandise. So there's this video that's going viral right now. People literally just stealing bags and bags and bags of clothes and just walking out of a TJ Maxx and LA, like not even running. Not even running, just walking out because they know they won't be prosecuted. So California has been circling the drain okay, for quite some time. And I thought it would be interesting for Caitlyn Jenner to run for office. I thought it would be interesting. This will get a lot of attention. She's obviously a celebrity, obviously has been in California for, for decades at this point. So let's see what she has to offer. So initially, she does this Hannity interview where Hannity... Um, on Fox, he pretty much throws some softballs at her. It was this big thing, you know, it's gonna be in this hangar and all of this other stuff. And I watched this interview that she did with Hannity, and you can listen to a, a previous podcast that I did. I think I did this a couple months back. I think it was called, Is the Republican Party Ready for Caitlyn Jenner? And so Hannity throws a couple of softballs at Caitlyn Jenner, and that was the first time that I started to say, Okay, well, look, uh, Caitlyn doesn't really seem to have a, a really strong grasp of these issues. This is all very, the things that she's saying are just very general, and they're not particularly interesting, right? And then Caitlyn Jenner did an interview, and this was the first sort of like hard news interview that she did, and this was America's Newsroom with Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer. And when I saw this, I said, this is not good. Because I watched this interview that she did with Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer, this was a couple months back, and I thought that this person really does not have a grasp of these issues. And these were not tough questions. I mean, you know, Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer; these are are actually real journalists. You know, they asked real questions. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, it, it just wasn't the kind of softballs that Hannity was throwing. And she just wasn't doing a good job. And I was just like, oh, we're in trouble here. It's like, I do not know if this is real. I do not know um, if this is a, a very real thing. And then I'm going to tell you the straw that broke the camel's back. This is when I realized that Caitlyn Jenner is completely unserious. Caitlyn Jenner has left California in the entire campaign to fly to Australia to shoot Big Brother Australia, Celebrity Big Brother, whatever the hell it is. So she's flying to Australia in the middle of a quote-unquote campaign um, to film a reality show. She's going to be there for three weeks because she has to quarantine for two weeks, and then there's going to be a week of the shoot. So somebody that is running for office does not jet off to Australia for three weeks to film a reality show, okay? And speaking of film and reality shows, and this is something that was just broken uh, by Politico, that... Jenner is showing up at campaign events and rallies with a film crew. And she brought the film crew to the interview with Sean Hannity. And she brought the film crew to the appearance at CPAC. She has been paying a camera crew to collect footage of her time running for office. So what do you think this is going to be? Is this going to be a Netflix documentary? Is it going to be another reality show? So all in all, I'm pissed. I am not pleased because Caitlyn Jenner played... Everybody. She, Caitlyn Jenner, played me. She played the conservative movement. She played Republican. She played Hannity. She played um Judge Jeanine Pirro, who just did a sit down interview with her. I'll talk a little bit about that. But I just feel like this is not serious, and I should have known the entire time that this was unserious. And. Another one of the things that that really irritates me about Caitlyn Jenner, just as a political personality in general, is that Caitlyn Jenner is weak. Caitlyn Jenner wants Hollywood to love her. Caitlyn Jenner wants to be some sort of role model for transgender people, okay? And Caitlyn Jenner is not going to be able to do that for Hollywood and for the trans community and everything like that while being a Republican, Okay, and, and so this is what irritates me, and I want to play you this is Caitlin Jenner talking to Judge Janine about being a transgender role model, but also about this uh this entire quote unquote campaign for governor
4: like you're white, you're black, you got a, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat. if you're a Republican, you have to think this way, you must think this and that mm-hmm. you know, Republican ideas and that's not me, okay mm-hmm. I, I'm a inclusive Republican because. Um, I have conservative economic values. I mean, if you have less taxes, less regulation, and and a pro-business environment, it works. It works every time throughout history. Ronald Reagan, it worked. Right. Donald Trump, for the first three years, rocked it. I mean, was working even after all he was going through. Yeah, for four it, years, it, I yes, think it but, always works. And so, but on the social side, I'm not like a lot of Republicans. I'm I'm an inclusive Republican. I'm in in it for the people. I'm inclusive to all. I think the number one thing that the Republican Party needs to do is change the image because the Democrats have, you know, taken hostage this, this question for years and we need to change the image of what the Republican Party is. Well, but, but, but We're inclusive to all people. Let's talk about the image. So hmm. California is an extremely progressive state. Uh, as blue as they get. Yes, as blue as they get you are a trans woman. How do you think- Isn't that great? How do you think that <laughs> impacts a voter? One way or affects them one well, way or another? I, yeah. I agree that is an issue. I am not running as a trans activist as a, you know, I, I just happen to be trans, right. but I'm a California citizen for the last 48 years and i love this state and I'm a patriot. Mm-hmm. The trans thing, it's fine. Some people are not going to get it, okay? I have never, ever been in a better place in my life than I am right now. Maybe at this time in my life, 65 years old, living my life authentically and trying to make, having a platform and trying to make a difference in the most marginalized community in the world. Trans issues do not have borders. They're in every state in the world. I mean, they every country in the world they do not have issue. they don't have borders take this marginalized community and have a platform to try to make it better so honestly I, I feel like now's the time to do something with that um and to me it's an advantage me personally i think in running for governor it's kind of an advantage why because i'm at peace in my heart I don't have any of these issues anymore. I get up in the morning and just be myself all day. I've always liked and loved helping people, you know. Um, and I don't think I could help in a better way in the state of California than running for governor and trying to make a difference.
2: Yeah, uh, making a difference by flying off to Australia to film a reality show and taking three weeks out of this alleged campaign to do so. So look, it, it's a joke. It's not serious. This is about a documentary. This is about a reality series. This is about whatever the next phase of Caitlyn Jenner's entertainment career is. And like I said, frankly, it, it makes me angry. But let's get into so this idea about, oh, I'm not like those other Republicans. I'm an inclusive Republican and all that other stuff. And let me... Explain something to Caitlyn Jenner. Let me explain something to all of you about falling into that trap. And that trap is trying to appeal to the left as a conservative or as a Republican. The way that I have gone about this entire thing is like, I just want to be honest and I just want to keep it real. And it just is what it is. I say bad things about the Republican Party sometimes, like a lot of the times I say a lot of crap about the Democrats because they are completely insane. But there is nothing that I really say right now, even though I tend towards centrist, absolutely. But there's nothing that I say right now that is trying to make you know the left love me or to try to appeal to Democrats, even though I do have a lot of Democrats and liberals and independents that follow me, because it's a trap. And it's a trap that Caitlyn Jenner has fallen into. And so the idea is that if you differentiate yourself and you're like, oh, I'm not like those other Republicans, I'm this or that or blah, 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 then the left will just love you and they will accept you and that they will be able to have a debate based on ideas, the left and the entertainment media and all that stuff. And that is completely false. I listened to a very interesting interview with J.D. Vance where he said when he first came out with Hillbilly Elegy and he was doing a lot of MSNBC and all this other stuff. And he said, I thought that um, if I was just eloquently eloquent about the issues and I just talked about the issues, people could actually debate me on the issues that we could have a conversation. He was like, absolutely not. He was like, you cannot do that with the corporate media. You cannot do that with the entertainment industry. Their plan is to destroy anybody that is not a Democrat. And they are not going to love you by being a Republican and saying, well, I'm inclusive and I love trans issues and all this other stuff. It's not going to work. The only thing you can do is to keep it 100 percent real all the time so that the people that are not on the fringes of either of these parties, the people that fall in the middle, like most of us in the country do, can say, "Okay, this person is making a lot of sense. And when it comes to the trans issues, the trans issues are completely dominated by the left and the language of the left. And there is no way that you can have a common sense conversation about trans issues with the left and expect them to love you because they will not do it, not even if it's Caitlyn Jenner. And speaking of Caitlyn Jenner trying to sort of bow down or appeal to the left, they demolished her. They tried to destroy her when she came out as running for governor as a Republican, Remember, when Caitlyn Jenner first came out, the left loved her. Oh, it was ESPN's Courage Award, and I think she was Glamour Magazine's Woman of the Year, and she was at the Vanity, she was on the cover of Vanity Fair, she was at the Vanity Fair Oscar Party, all of that stuff. And this is because they thought that everybody knew um, Jenner was a Republican for a very long time. But they thought... That we're going to give you all this stuff, and they thought that they were going to make her into a, a Democrat, right? They were going to use her to sort of push Democrat issues, and that was false. She remained a Republican, so now they are going to have to destroy her, which will they, they will continue to do. They will continue to try to do. But outside of that, to me, like, I'm just sorry that I ever supported this. I am sorry that I ever thought that this was serious. I am I am not sorry to anybody. I'm just like, I, I literally I am sorry to myself that I did not see through this for exactly what it was at the very beginning. Caitlyn Jenner is not trying to run for office. Caitlyn Jenner is not trying to be California's governor. Caitlyn Jenner is trying to be a reality star. So she needs to do all of us in the state of California a favor and just go be a reality star and stop wasting all of our time lying and pretending that you are running for governor. Because you are not. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.